0: All right, it's that time of the week where we uh, open up uh, the line for your animal questions and uh, we do that with the Pet Chat team, one of which is seated and ready to go. Sure, sure, good afternoon. All ready, good afternoon. And Dr David Tabbert, who has been, he did have his uh, backside on a seat for 10 minutes and that's time to talk and he's like, I'm going to go for a wander. I'm Open up my little backpack over there. I'm running out of power. On my, not personally. <laughs> I mean, on my laptop. Need recharging, mate. Yes. All right. Well, plug like me in. Fair enough. Uh, Cheryl, yes. uh, brooch watch for you. Yes. Um, I, is that a Rosella? It, it is. Okay. Yep. In a basket. So, why well, we got birds in a basket today?
1: We've got a whole lot of things happening here. Mm. Okay. So we've got yeah. cats and dogs and fish and birds. Are they in the basket as cat- well? There's lots of things. Okay. So this is all about Christmas. Because often people think about getting pets for Rosellas. Christmas.
0: Oh yeah. Well there's a rose, yeah. I what yeah, I can yeah, see. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well it is a rosella. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah? Okay. Oh, very good. You, you must be on that bird ID thing. Oh, it's, it's the only oh.
0: thing I can see. The rest is colours in the uh, in the little little you know basket. But okay. the, meanwhile David's still fixing up his power I'm problems good. here. You good? Yeah. All right. Dr. David Tabret is here. Uh only second last one for you, mate, for the end of the year. Yes, it's okay. You can yeah, yeah have a cry later. I was just going to say it's that. You're, okay. I was just going to say that. I mean, for the amount of junkets that you've been on, I'm surprised we've actually got you for two more.
2: I've <laughs> I've got to leave space for some more junkets. <laughs> All right, some more, more
1: trips <laughs> away.
0: Uh, but Cheryl Shaw, who doesn't get that luxury, she just turns up.
1: I'm good,
0: Cheryl. You are here, and we're we're kind of approaching Santa season. That kind oh. of is where we start to focus on our pets uh, over Christmas.
1: Yeah. Now this is a time that often people start thinking about getting a pet and sometimes they get pressured by children about getting a dog or a cat or some other pet. Mm. Now it's really important if you are going to think about getting a pet that you do your research. So research is like incredible. You can make a wrong decision if you haven't sat down and had a good look at what pet you're going to buy. And obviously there's many choices of pets. But if we say we start off looking at a dog, it's really important to understand what breed you have or you would like to have. And if you live in an apartment, don't go thinking you can get a Kelpie.
0: Border Collie for those folks, right? Oh, for Border Collie.
1: Because often we buy these pets not thinking about our lifestyle, Mm. what we've got. And it's really important to understand that some breeds just aren't going to suit what you're living and your lifestyle. So lifestyle is also about how much time you're prepared to give to that pet. Now, being a dog, a dog's going to take a lot more um, care and a lot has, is a lot more needy than some other pets. So exercise, that's a really important key. And, David, I know you exercise your dogs oh, regularly. Yeah. Yep. So one of the things about exercising its th- the type of dog you have, how much exercise it's going to need. So you're going to have to look at your lifestyle to see how much spare time you've got to fit those walks in. Also, we we're talking about the the Kelpie or the Border Collie, as Mark said, in those sort of areas that um, don't have enough space for them. These dogs are working dogs, so they're going to need a lot more time out. They're going to need to spend a lot more energy. So really suiting um, your lifestyle, you, you get the pet that is ideal for you. So if you live in an apartment, a smaller pet is going to obviously be a lot better than a large breed dog. The other thing is the expense of the pet. Now, You've got the initial outlay of the purchase price of the dog or cat, and then after that, you've got the other expenses that come along with it. Now, feeding is one of the first things that you're going to have to look at. And if you've got a dog or a cat that is on special food, so they they may um, come along to you and everything be fine, and then suddenly they get some sort of, you know, disease.
2: Often skin
1: problems yes, skin or problems
2: gastrointestinal they yep. they, and they go
1: on a diet food
2: usually treated with uh, dietary adjustments yeah yeah
1: and those foods can be quite expensive David can't they oh
2: yeah absolutely over time and the other thing about the feeding I've noticed is the range that's available mm. I would imagine a lot of people get quite confused looking at the the you know how many different products there are yep. and whether that's needed for your pet yep uh, you're going to spend ages yeah. looking and, at that. And
1: again, researching before you get your pet to know what you're going to have. Like you might be the mm. breeder that gives you some advice. Sometimes the pet shops have a, a push to a, a certain brand, so you just need to make sure you do your own investigation. And another thing is just um, if you are getting a dog, just look at that grain-free food, and um, th- there's a few issues around that, so definitely speak to yeah. your veterinarian about the grain-free foods.
2: Yes, yeah, some concerns about heart disease. Yes. And, um just making sure they're getting all the essential amino acids. Mm.
1: And another thing too with the um, obviously if you have a dog or a cat that becomes unwell, you've got the veterinary expenses and some of these can be up there in in prices if you may say get a poodle that's jumped and done its cruciate.
2: Well, just even before you get to the illness part or mm-hmm. injury, you've got your vaccinations. That's right. And your preventatives like flea, tick control. I'm sure you're going to jump into that. No, this is great, but, David. But, mm. um, you know, heartworm. Yes. And I think in the areas we live in, particularly on the coast, one of the topics I had, if we get to later, was about ticks and tick prevention. And so we've got much better tick preventive uh, available. But again, going back to the expense, you've got to factor that in, right? Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, you know, you've got your medical, you've got your feeding, and then you've got... Um, In some instances, you have grooming. So if you're getting a poodle or a bichon or, you know, a cavoodle, these can add up to quite a lot over a year. So just have a think about that. Maybe some of these breeds you could groom at home, but if you're not, you know, sort of able to groom, you've really got to take into account how much this pet is going to cost you. And if it's a cat, some cats require grooming as well. And just be aware that if you've got small children and you're getting a cat and dogs too, there can be that potential where things don't go really well in the beginning. You might have a puppy mm. who's biting or scratching and the cat who's jumping out as you walk past the hallway and scratching your legs. So take these things to account because you don't want to get a pet that um, after a few weeks of living with you, has to be rehomed or something else happens so it's really important to make sure that you're, you're studying what <coughs> pet is going to suit everybody in the family not just because you want an Irish setter you know can everybody in the family cope with that particular breed but there is a pet that a lot of people like to get for their first pet or even for those who are enthusiasts and that's a little budgerigar they're quite easy and um, so if your child is really wanting a pet a budgie may maybe the, the the best pet for you. They're yep. easy to look after. They don't require a lot of um, expense, so they're quite inexpensive to purchase and inexpensive to keep. Certainly
2: not compared to mammals like dogs and cats. Yep. Yeah. And I mean,
1: the, the budgerigar is the third most popular companion animal in the world. Is so that right? Dogs first, cats, and then budgerigars. And wow. that's in the world, and budgies started in Australia. so
2: Well, they're a native Australian oh. species. Yes. The other thing I was going to mention about that... Um, calculation for purchasing pets and things like that is if you go away, who's going to look after them? And you've got to factor in things like boarding fees or pet sitting, mm-hmm. things like that. So keep that in mind.
1: And also insurance. A lot of people take oh, out yes. pet insurance. So this is another aspect that we've got to look into. So depending on your breed that you choose, um, or, or you just need to look at the pet insurance. And like you said, it's not always able to get your pet into a, um, a pet motel or a pet sitter yeah you know they're in high demand oh, absolutely and sometimes you know you might be wanting to go away but your pet doesn't have anywhere to go or anyone to look after it so these things you've really got to make sure that you've crossed off your list you've got a full understanding of what you're getting yourself into
2: so on budgies before we just leave that mm-hmm. Um, because you mentioned about doing research for dogs and cats. Mm-hmm. And there's a really good book for birds that I like called Birds for Dummies. It's from that, s- series, that series, the, yes. the s- yep. yep. For Dummies series. Uh, and it's written by a um, veterinarian and bird specialist, um, at least the ed- edition when I was working in bird practice 20-something mm-hmm. years ago. But it certainly addresses some of the main concerns. Again, preventative, you know, making sure their diet's correct. Yeah. So we don't want to feed them an all-seed diet. No, for instance. Because
1: their greens are really important to Absolutely. them. So like spinach and chickweed. Um, along with cuttlefish, they are a bird that needs a, something to chew on. But you need to be careful too with a little budgie just on the side there, that you don't have anything in the cage that can cause illness. So sometimes people will put covers over them and the budgie will chew at those things, making sure that they've got really good branches for their feet, so yep. not just a normal piece of piece dowel. Of dowel. Yeah. You know, if they're a gum tree branch, the budgie can chew on that and it's quite safe. And avoid putting those sand covers over the perch they just injure the feet
2: and the uh, you know the bells yes. metal yes. so birds can actually get uh, lead poisoning mm-hmm. from the toxicity. chewing on those mm-hmm. on those um, items like the cages the bars of the cage or the toys that you put in there yeah. so they they're a very easy um, pet to look after but it's like everything else you know you've got to do your
0: research yes. um so get to it
1: yep start reading
0: Dr. David Tabard, who uh, just wants to cover a couple of seasonal things that are happening uh, we're seasonal, seeing at the moment. Yes, yes. So,
2: look, I investigated this where we looked at the number of patients that we see.
0: And by investigating, with... you got the staff to get you some data, right? Correct.
2: <laughs> I, I'm correct. But I want to bring you the results of their research, okay? Um, we looked at our data going back over a decade and November is our peak month to see tick poisoning patients in the emergency hospital. Wow, so that's
0: so the time of year.
2: So it is. And particularly, I think, just looking at the forecast from 2NUR weather this morning,
0: we're getting some uh, wet weather coming over the next week. A little bit over the next week. Now, does that mean that we will see a bit of an uptick with the ticks, David, <laughs> if the
2: if it rains? I'm, t- I'm I just got to tell you that I have not had comedy training, so (laughs) I'm not sure how long I'm supposed to pause on that pun.
0: Well, you've let it go. I mean, the moment's passed. You've ruined it. Um, But yeah, wet season this time of year, bad combo. No, absolutely. Um, The breeding uh, numbers of
2: ticks. You know, it's absolutely perfect conditions. So the thing that we've found very important for people is, I think that when we saw new products come in about five or six years ago, maybe more, we saw a distinct drop by about 70% in patients with tick poisoning. That's, that's incredible. That's pretty good. Fantastic. Unfortunately, we're starting to see uh, tick patients coming in in increasing numbers. And 99.9% of the time, it's because people are not applying preventatives on time, every time. And we're finding even if you're a day or two late than what the schedule says, if you don't get that preventative on then your pet could be at risk so make sure you again search search your pet daily we've talked about that many times on the show but also keep their preventatives up um the other piece of research i found wanted to know about was what about snakes because it's uh it's pretty key, it's pretty good weather season, yeah. yeah and what we've found is again uh, our team um, our vet director gave me the information we We generally will will see snake bite patients between September and January. We do see some outside that, but we from year to year the the month that shows the most cases just varies. Mm. you know it could be December this year, last year it could have been January or October, so
0: it's within the bandwidth of this this third of the year, but it's like you said september December depends on the year so just be alert uh and keep
2: your pets out of bush and anywhere even you know we've got backyards where people are finding snakes um, mm-hmm. don't let your dog out if that's the case uh, call the wildlife rescue or snake catchers and they'll hopefully be able to come and either relocate or move uh, the snake away from your house yeah
0: a few weeks ago kev actually snapped a photo outside of our studio window Here was a big giant python that was just uh, love it just cruising through we don't we don't have to move him no nah, he can nah. stay what Kev or the Python? Or oh, They can
2: both stay. <laughs> Has anyone seen Kev recently? He's out the back. You can oh, say okay. hello if you
0: want.
2: <laughs> Just, uh, there's a very fat Python outside.
0: Oh no, that no, was uh, no no. He, he he stayed inside. Took the photo you, of it. So you um, and I need to work on our comedy routine a bit more. I, I was fine. Next year, you, you <laughs> next year. I was fine. You buggered it up. Okay. Good afternoon, Deb at Raymond Terrace. You have some tick issues. What's happening, Deb? I do. I have a. Um cross-rag dog cat, and I've got a little chihuahua. Yes. Um, I I have them both. I have a collar on the dog for the fleas and the ticks, and the cat I give Bravado.
2: Brevecto? Brevecto.
0: Yeah, brevecto. Yes. Yeah, but at least once every two days I'm still pulling a tick out of the cat. A little brown tick out of the cat.
2: So is the brevecto is the spot-on, is that right? You, yeah, liquid, that's right. Liquid, yeah, yeah. The,
0: frog, the liquid behind the neck.
2: And you, so usually, um, and there's a way you can tell, but usually you'll find, often these ticks will be dead, so they have to attach to then ingest the um, preventative, and so. Okay,
0: so they have to bite the skin, do yeah, they?
2: Yes, exactly. So it doesn't. They don't work as a repellent. Right. So, but they, once they're attached, then they'll get a dose. And the thing with the toxin is it's kind of a little bit confusing because I think the advice on this has changed. Not confusing to you because it's the same advice, which is that it can take a little while to have an effect. But what we've found, we used to say to people, it would take three days for the tick to be on before it builds up enough toxin in Their bloodstream, so as long as it, the preventative is killing that tick, um,
0: yeah,
2: just a sec. Oh, see, so, I,
0: I check him all the time, and as soon as I feel one, I just pull it out, and they're alive.
2: Yeah, so you just need to um continue to pull it, pull them out because obviously you don't want them sitting in there. But as far as the um, preventative goes, as long as it's killing them within that early period, and that's usually within a couple of hours of once the tick actually attaches.
0: Oh, okay. So, All right. But
2: as I was saying before, um, it's very, very important that you keep up to date. And, you know, even if you're a couple of days over, it could... It's, you know, in particularly in your case, you could find that if there's a tick attaches in that window, um, it could become a toxic tick. So okay. we need to so make I'm sure gonna... we keep on top of and, and keep to the schedule that is recommended by the product manufacturer.
0: Okay, so am I better off to give it a couple of days earlier than a couple of days later?
2: Um, I, look, I... I think stick with the schedule, but I would preface that, or just add to that, and say we have seen some patients that have been affected by ticks where they're just before the time that they're due to be um, okay. redosed. So, if you're going, if you're, my preference is always a, a few days earlier, but um, certainly yeah. no later than the due date. Oh, wonderful! Thank you
0: so much. All right. That. No worries. Thank all, you. All right. All the best, Deb. 49216216 uh, if you have a question for our uh, Pet Chat team today. Now, we did have uh, Diane ring up a couple of moments ago, but uh, unfortunately he had to leave us. question is, you got a snake turn up in your yard. What is the process? Well, it depends on
2: the snake mm. but and also the location, obviously. Um, so the best advice, there are private snake catchers that you can pay will come and... Um, Remove them or mm-hmm. give appropriate advice. There's also Hunter Wildlife, which can also um, come along. They're volunteer group, and um gee, I'd want to be paid for that job. <laughs> yeah. Good mm. on well, you guys, so certainly, well done. There's people. The thing, the good thing about Hunter Wildlife Group is that um, a lot of enthusiastic volunteers, mm. and they have a huge amount of experience in different species. So the person who comes to deal with a snake won't be the person who's dealing with the possum or the the um, bird that's injured so um, but again it's probably because you're reliant on volunteers um, we need to make sure they're available but either way of um, if you don't get any joy with hunter wildlife then um, probably best just to go and search for uh, private snake catchers, and hopefully everybody's happy and safe.
0: Start of the program, mate. You're struggling for power. You okay? Can we get through the last couple of minutes? I'm I'm
2: good. Yeah, let's right. keep going. This we recharged? push on till re- three p.m.
0: Three p.m. No, okay. <laughs> we'll have run out of animal things to talk about by three. Never run out. Never of animal things. We, we just recycle the topic. So by the, the time only- two thirty, we can start again. Cheryl's only brought one brooch, though. Yeah, that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no. I'm assuming. <laughs>
1: No, you didn't look hard uh, enough.
0: She'll never oh, tell.
2: Lots of animals. Lots of brooches. Okay. today.
0: Cool. <laughs> we have a couple for you if you're thinking about expanding your family uh, with our dog and cat of the week. And we'll start with the cat because, let's face it, all the smart people are, are getting cats. Um, Cadbury, how about this, guys? Two-year-old, black and white domestic short easy-going animal, uh, although it does take a little bit to settle into new environments. Um, but other than that, uh, it looks uh, looks pretty good. Very simple Nice and laid back And all of that sort of stuff What do you reckon? Who's taking uh, him? He's not just a cat He's a work of art <laughs> Very that's... much so I yeah, see um, that's not it, the purple, it's, Doesn't it's... have the trademark purple colouring though No, true Well, his name is Cadbury Yeah Yeah, I think I'd be dropping one R And just going Cadbury <laughs> A lovely cat If you want a cat uh, Cadbury may be the go for you And for those who are looking for a dog How about a six-year-old Little mixed breed By the name of Tito Shy, gentle uh, But loving Once he's warmed up to you uh, Does love to sit on your lap uh, As well um hasn't had a lot of experience so uh he might be a little bit of anxious around new people or new environments as well so that can be a bit of a challenge when depending on if you've got a what your household environment's like yeah and he's a
2: six-year-old dog so um but you're also getting a little bit of what you know when you take on an older dog mm-hmm. um very important as Cheryl was talking about earlier though was the grooming so he's He's got a longer coat. In the pictures, he's been clipped back, which is handy. But he's, uh, you know, if someone takes him on, they've got to think of these
0: things. Yeah. And uh, keep in mind as well with this one, uh, under the house needs to be blocked. No soft soil where he will dig out and escape. So he's a bit of an escape artiste, Mm. this one. So that will provide its own set of challenges, won't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So probably someone who stays home a lot and um, is there with the right environment for him
0: is mm. yep. working on toilet training Uses the doggy door where he is at At the moment um, So a couple of animals for you there uh, Tito, six, Tito, six year old mixed breed dog And of course Cadbury uh, The cat, <laughs> Cadbury. Uh, black and white mm. Mostly black, a little bit of white as well Gang, we've made it to another Pet Chat A couple more to go um, You'll be here next week Cheryl Yes I will With uh, Dr Fiona and David We will see you before Christmas I'll be back in a couple of weeks Alright, sounds pretty good yep. Pet Chat done for today